0: Chapter One February 9th was the night of the full moon, and Max Hines, like any experienced bartender, was well aware of that astronomical happenstance, despite the fact that the moon was obliterated tonight by a pounding black storm. Beyond the surf house, dining rooms, wide arc of windows, the Pacific Ocean offered ranks of thundering cataracts performing furious prodigies, but it played to shadows and empty tables. The only customers at this late hour were gathered on the upper level in the amber recesses of the tide's room, as indifferent to the sea's glory as it was to them, drowning the sounds of rain and surf in raucous song and laughter. Still, for all the noise, it was a small crowd. Monday. Always chancy, and so was the rain. Sometimes it brought them in droves, but not tonight. There were only five people Max classified as real customers, and he didn't know any of them, although the couple in the corner had been in before, and he could identify them as scotch rocks and whiskey sour. The three loners at the bar were travelers, but not tourists. This time of year, salesmen maybe, All the noise came from the group around the baby grand. But most of them Max didn't classify as customers, even if they did pay for their drinks. They were surf house employees. One of them, Brian Talley, was his boss. Connie Van Roon was actually a customer, of course, but on such a regular basis that he rated a special classification. So did the young woman playing the piano, but for entirely different reasons. She was in a class by herself. And Conan Flagg. Max had never succeeded in classifying Conan Flagg, except perhaps as one of the things that made life in Holiday Beach, a very small dot on Oregon's map, interesting. He was standing on the far side of the piano, looking down at the keyboard, the light from the overhead spot making strong shadows under high cheekbones negating itself on straight black hair and under the angled lids of black Indian eyes, but reasserting itself in the occasional flash of a smile. Those smiles were generally for the pianist. Isadora Canfield, whose graceful, brutally powerful hands would two days hence be shaping the demanding complexities of the Liszt Concerto number no. 1 in E-flat on a concert grand in London's Albert Hall, had for the last hour served as accompanist for a loud and only rarely harmonious sing-along. And she was loving it. So was Conan Flagg. But then he'd be equally enthralled if she were playing chopsticks. At 6 p.m., Isadora had arrived at his door, in an Alfa Romeo this time, out of a limbo of months and miles, to inform him that she had the evening free. At 2 a.m., she must leave for Portland International Airport, where her jet would turn into a pumpkin. But she was Cinderella until then, if he cared to be her Prince Charming. He cared to. For Isadora or her music, and her music, he cared to be almost anything. Sure, a little bit of heaven fell from out the sky one day. Brian Talley was leading the chorus in a clear Irish tenor, a little muddied with whiskey, which was probably also Irish. He leaned on the piano across from Conan, turning blue eyes appropriately heavenward as he sang, the spotlight firing his red hair, putting into high relief his flushed, blunt-featured face, the kind of face women called ruggedly handsome and men were simply comfortable with. Isadora looked up at him, laughing and exchanged a telling glance with Conan while her fingers danced through flamboyant arpeggios and maudlin tremolos. And nestled in the ocean in a spot so far away. Brian pulled a solemn face, lost the melody, and broke into laughter, swaying as he draped an arm around Tilda Chopic's shoulder. At first it seemed she might fall under his faltering weight, but she managed to get him in balance and on the melody leading him in a soft, husky alto.